following, following. the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Let's talk about this first. I don't know if you guys even know who the fuck this is. Uh, as that little thing starts playing for some reason. Anyways, there is a comic book creator who is a legend in the game, and you probably know him not even from his comic books necessarily, but from a television show he did on Nickelodeon in the early aughts called Invader Zim. Jonan Vasquez has possibly teased the return of his comic, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Uh, Jonan Vasquez, creator of Invader Zim, had his fans abuzz with the potential for a return of his original comic book creation, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Speculation began with a single tweet from Vasquez, which he shared an animated gif of what appears to be Johnny C's pixelated silhouette. Murder comes in a handful of pixels, Vasquez wrote. The tweet is now pinned to the top of his Twitter Twitter profile. Take a look below. As this says, take a look below. I'm looking at it, and it's just like kind of Johnny's cape and hair blowing in the wind. While this is hardly a confirmation anything further uh, that anything further is in the works and it's entirely possible that Vasquez was just having a bit of fun with his old creation, JTHM has a fervent cult following, a fervent cult following that would be eager for the character's return. Uh, Johnny first appeared as a black comedy in 1990 in a goth magazine, Carpe Noctum. Uh, was later published by Slave Labor Graphics from 95 to 97 as a seven-issue black-and-white limited series. The series was then collected into a trade form called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac Director's Cut. Uh, if you don't know, Johnny follows Johnny C. as he tries to understand his compulsion to murder, looking towards both the psychological and supernatural for explanation. The comic is seen as an outlet with which readers and the writer can indulge their darker impulses. Obviously, uh, Johnny led to two spinoff comics, Squee, uh, and uh, also Squee's wonderful big giant book. I Feel Sick was another one that he did, uh, obviously part of Invader Zim. John Vasquez is a crazy weird individual I've always wanted to meet. I've never actually had the opportunity to meet him or even see him. He doesn't really do public appearances at all. <clears throat> so, to continue back to that thing I teased a few minutes ago, yes, it is a true Yesterday, Marvel, or the, oh, yesterday, oh, well, I guess actually two days ago, I got, it's time travel, folks, see, that's the other thing, time travel fucks me up sometimes, I forget that it's Monday when I'm talking to you and it's Sunday, but it's Monday right now, it's brain fuck, I know, yeah, today, um, okay, on Saturday, Marvel Comics announced the return of Uncanny X-Men with a 10-part weekly series that promises to disassemble the X-Men. The announcement came with a teaser featuring a large group of mutants, most of which are current members of X-Men team, and some who are not. Here we're Okay, so we're going to try to see who we can see in this thing. So, from left to right, upper quarter, we've got like uh, Sunfire, Firestar, Iceman, Nightcrawler, Banshee, who only recently has returned to the X-Men, Pixie, and Archangel. In the left quarter, from top to bottom, we've got Prestige... Uh, Glob Herman, Surge, Prodigy, Shatterstar, Shark Girl, Armor, Husk, Eyeboy, Rockslide, Nature Girl, Wolfsbane, Bishop, Multiple Man, Gentle, Domino, Beast, uh, Jubilee, Storm, 
X23, Gambit, Rogue, and Honey Badger. And the bottom is Jean Grey and Kitty Pride. The right quarter is Cannonball, Polaris, North Star, Sunspot, uh, Anole, Mercury, Cypher. Let's see, we got Colossus, Magma, Forge, Dust. Warpath, Havoc, Magic, Dazzler, and Psylocke. And lastly, there are... Oh, okay, actually, interesting to note, though, there are some people that are missing. Old Man Logan's not on there. Wolverine is not on there, but probably going to be a part of this at some form. Emma Frost is not on there. Magneto is not on there. Cable is not on there. Uh, Professor X or uh, X, the mind of Professor X resurrected in the body of Phantom X is not in the teaser. Most of Weapon X-Force, with the exception of Domino, is missing. Sabretooth, Omega Red, Lady Deathstrike, and Mystique are all absent. Um, man, it's Cyclops is not on there, but it's it's interesting. The, uh, the teaser says, No one survives the experience. Written by Ed Brisson, Kelly Thompson, Matthew Rosenberg. Lots of people are a part of this. Uh, man humongous group of people disassembling of the x-men who knows what's going to happen there i don't uh and actually marvel has also recently revealed in the hunt for wolverine adamantium agenda number four uh let's see there's a big reveal here according to stark it is known knowledge that Stark has that someone that is in the X-Men has been genetically modified to appear to be a mutant, but we don't know who it is. So they've kind of left it as this big <gasps> cliffhanging teaser. Who is it going to be? I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they'll announce it is. Uh, but uh, we're going to get into some other news and some other stuff because there have been some great comic books that have actually been coming out recently. I've been reading them. I don't really know what order I'm going to go in, but I think we'll talk about, well, let's talk about the return of the first family. How about that? That sounds like a great plan. So this past week, first of all, let's mention that Fantastic Four number one dropped, and before the issue actually started, there was a beautiful tribute to Steve Ditko. Legendary artist and creator Steve Ditko built an incredible legacy of work that changed the comic book industry forever. Ditko joined the House of Ideas in 1958, and through the following years, within and outside of Marvel, he breathed life into characters that inspired fans across the globe with dynamic visuals and iconic traits, including superheroes such as Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Speedball, Squirrel Girl, and many more. Ditko's design shaped the Marvel Universe and the world of comics. He continued to bring his unparalleled vision to life through his works across the industry for decades. His characters touched the hearts of fans everywhere, and the influence of his art will live in comic books for ages to come. Thank you, Steve. Beautiful tribute words there. So, we get into the Fantastic Four book. There is, uh, you know, there's essentially three stories in here now. Uh, right now, there are only two members of the Fantastic Four that actually exist uh, on Earth. That's Ben, Grimm the Thing, and Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. The Fantastic Four prologue reads this. A brilliant scientist and his best friend, the woman he loved, and a fiery-tempered kid brother, together they braved the unknown terrors of outer space and were changed by cosmic rays into something more than merely human. They became the Fantastic Four, but were separated by tragedy. The world believes that Stu, that, that Stu, that Reed and Sue Richards, along with the Future Foundation, 
sacrificed themselves to stop a universal catastrophe. Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing, also believes them to be dead. But Johnny Storm hasn't given up hope that the rest of his family is out there somewhere. So this issue is pretty much uh, Ben Grimm living his life with Alicia, I think. Yeah, it's Alicia. Alicia? Alicia Masters, I think. Uh, and she's a blind lady. She's trying to get these cats. And Ben's like, come on, we don't need a bunch of furballs running around. Johnny's just partying. While they're both hanging out and partying, uh, boom, uh, On in the sky is uh, in fire. Fantastic Four. And they, you know, Ben's like, oh, this isn't really it. This is a false alarm. But Johnny's like, oh, my God, I know it. It's them. I'm going to go get them now. He shows up there. But it's just some kids. They were fucking around with a flare gun, uh, with the Fantastic Four flare gun or whatever, and they stole it or whatnot. And uh, all this time, Alicia's talking about like, "Look, your family's coming back," and and Ben's like, "No, they're they're gone forever," you know. And the news starts reporting that the Fantastic Four are gone forever. Well, not not gone forever, but that that you know, uh, interesting timing to think that they're returning because actually they're not going to return, and it's just right around the time that it's been the anniversary from their historic flight where they got their powers to begin with. So, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting because Jennifer Walters, she plays She Hulk, uh, decides well, she doesn't decide. Ben hires her to represent the kids that uh, get the flare gun, and uh, he actually goes to this dude on Yancey Street who has some relics from different superhero stuff and it's he's got the uh, distress signal flare that's the Fantastic Four that's missing so the kids broke into his place to get it but there's this cube that Ben has and uh, he opens it and kind of goes and visualizes this tale of uh, of when the Fantastic Four were out in space with this creature uh what was the creature's name again? Oh, Astronomica. And Astronomica is essentially saying that there are two paths to get home. One will leave you stranded forever, billions of light years away, but the other one will guarantee your safety home. Uh, but the, only the worthy one can make the right choice. Well, so they're like, what's the scientific way to determine who's worthy and whatnot? And she's like, oh, it's the best singer. And everybody except for Stu says Johnny. Everybody, I mean, literally every single other person that's there says Johnny. Grimm says it. Reed says it. The Future Foundation says it. Johnny says it. But Sue says it's her. So they're like, look, 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 look. Sue, you can sing great and all, but Johnny has magnificent pipes. And if this is going to be for the saving of our people, we have to use him. And he sings them back and... uh Ben kind of comes to the decision that he needs to utilize whatever was in this box uh, for something major. And he goes to Alicia, and he gets down on one knee, and he asks Alicia Masters, will you marry me? And she, of course, says yes. Ben invites Johnny to, like, a luncheon, essentially, to be like, hey, we're engaged, and this has happened. Uh, will you be the best man? And Johnny freaks out. And it's like, no. There's only one person in the whole world who should be the best man at Benjamin J. Grimm's wedding, and that's Reed Richards. So Johnny is really upset, and he flies up into the sky, and he says, uh, "He, you know, he says, I'm not taking this anymore. You hear me? Do you, Reed? You're the smartest man in the universe. I know you're out there, and I know you got to have some way to see me, to hear me, and you're smart enough to figure out a way to show me a sign. So do it. Show me a damn sign. 
and Johnny comes down, and he's got tears just running out of his eyes, and Ben and Alicia kind of hug him, and he comes to the realization they're really gone. And just when you see that, boom, all of a sudden we get a little bit of Reed Richards. What is this? And Sue, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, there's a giant four in the sky. So as we know with the uh, with Marvel, they kind of like put a lot of different like stories. So that's like the major storyline of the Fantastic Four returning, and they've sent Reed has sent the signal to Johnny and Ben in the hugging moment. Uh, Johnny says it's about damn time there at the end. Uh, then we get to jump over to Latveria where there are a lot of Doombots, and they are protecting Latveria. But there's this lady, and her name is Zora. Vukovic, proud daughter of Doomstad. She's essentially come to, you know, show Doom that he needs to rise up and come back. And he does. And it's badass. He's like, he kills all the Doom bots. He's like, this is our day of Doom and victory. Um, he Doom's final thing says, I require no robots, no armor, no one fighting by my side. What I need, what Latveria needs is to bear witness. Watch me free them all from this tyranny by the strength of my will and by my hand alone. Ugh. And then, of course, here's a really cool thing. There's a what the pop. And it's the very end of the book. There's a green-headed creature, and he says, what the pop? I waited this long for a new FF, and they're not even back yet? How hard is it to do a new number one and get all four of them back together? Yeah, what are you, Marvel? Stupid or something? Yeah! Special delivery for Mr. Impossible Man. Huh. Who'd even know I was in this panel? Dear Impy, please be informed the Fantastic Four will be back together in next month's issue. Your, uh, Yours, Marvel Comics, XOXO Excelsior. Oh, okay then. That's not so bad. I mean, I've waited this long. One more month won't kill me. But know this. I'll be watching you, Marvel. Watching you! Oh, man, the Fantastic Four return. That's great. Uh, it was awesome to read that because it gave me hope for the launching point of Fantastic Four now. Like, we're to a point here where the Fantastic Four have kind of been banished from the land, as it were. You know, Marvel doesn't have the movie rights. They don't really want to make merchandise off of the Fantastic Four because then you kind of fall in this trap where some of your money is end up going into the pockets of Fox. Disney has now bought Fox. Disney has cinched up, and I think they've had maybe plans for this book for a little bit of time, and they kind of have known they were always working towards this resolve that they would eventually get the Fantastic Four back. And it's really awesome to see that they do, uh, or they are on the fast track to get the Fantastic Four back because they're Marvel's first family. And to get them to return, to get that big F in the sky, to get that big number four in the sky, you know... Uh, to have that team come back into the Marvel Universe, you can start doing Illuminati storylines again, get Spider-Man involved with the Fantastic Four some more, bring Namor in. There are a lot of different things they can do. You're listening to Poor Entertainment! With your host, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrew Poor! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Poor Entertainment. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. This is Tuesday. Shouldn't this be the Poor Report? 
Yes, the Poor Report was a show that existed for 50 episodes, and at that time it came to the conclusion that after 50 episodes, the Poor Report was just becoming too many things. There was too many topics to go back and forth. The show could have strictly been just political news, just that. And for those of you who still want that, that's great. The Poor Report is moving into two shows. Two bi-weekly shows covering different topics. This week is Poor Entertainment, which is going to be covering all things that entertain you. Entertainment news, TV, movies, books, all of that kind of stuff, music, everything that just kind of the good things in life. And then Poor News, which is the other side of that, which is the other spinoff of the Poor Report, which will cover the political news, news that affects the world as a whole, international news that relates to us as Americans, that sort of thing. So for those of you who are like, hey, what's going on? That's what's going on. So this week will be Poor Entertainment. Got a lot of news I want to talk about there. And then next week will be the first episode of Poor News, which will be very similar to the Poor Report. It'll just go, it'll be more focused. It'll be more streamlined. There'll be more talking points. And then doing it this way will give me a little chance to breathe. So I don't like, well, there was big entertainment news this week, but there's also big political news. I don't have to split focus. So this will give us a chance for some stories to develop. So it won't be as late-breaking as you're used to unless there's something late-breaking the day before I record that particular episode of Poor Entertainment or Poor News. But yeah, that's just kind of where the direction is going. So I hope you enjoy. This is a little experiment. It's not very often the show gets to 50 episodes and then just cuts it off and then starts two new ones, even though they're both spin-offs or both continuations of kind of what the show was before. Because on the poor report, I did talk about entertainment news and political news, presidential news, government, all of that. So I'm definitely glad that you guys are sticking around. If you're listening to this, then you're already well ahead of the game. And it's still kind of developing as it goes. It's kind of one of those things you have to run before you can walk. So yes, there's not really a new intro this week. And yes, there wasn't really a bumper before uh, Journey into Comics. You got to listen to a, the bumper for Gallifradio, which is starting on Friday. So the same doing for that, and then, like always, the other shows I'm involved with, Foodies Watching Movies, which is on the break till the fall, late fall, I think, and then Adulting at Ease, which I do with my fiance Liz, which I'll be back with tomorrow, so definitely something to stick around to, so definitely getting, still plenty of me, it's still Tuesdays are still with me, for those of you on the Journey into Comics Network, so, but with that, I'm going to jump right into the news for this week, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And I'm going to kind of break this up into a little more focus. Like, I'm going to jump in with TV, and there's some movie news, there's some music news, there's awards related news. So there's a bunch to talk about, but I'm going to jump right into everyone's favorite speedster. So, The Flash is Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin is the the main character who plays Barry Allen, or The Flash, on CW's The Flash. So he actually got called out by body shamers after a superhero suit photo leak. So this is from Entertainment Tonight online. So, and he called out the body shamer. So this week, a photo of the Flash star in costume was leaked online. And while fans are eager for the upcoming fifth season, they didn't seem to be pleased with the actor's appearance. Gustin began to receive negative comments about his slim figure and how thin he looked. The 28-year-old actor, however, didn't let the criticism get to him, taking to Instagram on Wednesday to call out the haters in a lengthy post. Here's his quote. There's a terrible photo that I was unaware was being taken, much less being posted. Some things need work, and they'll be worked on. We'll get there, he wrote, addressing the leaked pick and costume. As far as the body shaming, that's what pisses me off. Not even just for my sake. I've had 20-plus years of kids and adults telling me or my parents I was too thin. 
I've had my own journey of accepting it, but there's a double standard where it's okay to talk shit about a dude's body. I do my best to stay in shape and to add as much size as I can throughout these seasons. I'm naturally thin and my appetite is greatly affected by stress. Gustin added that gaining weight is a challenge for him and that thinner guys shouldn't be shamed for their appearance. He also added that he loves the suit that they designed for him and can't wait for fans to see the final product. There's a there's a longer Instagram post for those of you who follow Grant Gust on Instagram. It is Grant Gust. Um, Gustin isn't the first male celebrity to get criticized about his appearance. Last year, people began to comment that Chris Pratt was starting to look skeletal after having lost, quote, too much weight. The Josh World actor who would share his snack of the day on social media took on Chambers by calling them out in a funny message. So many people have said I look too thin in my recent episode of What's My Snack? Hashtag. Some people have gone as far to say I look skeletal, Pratt wrote in the caption. Well, just because I am a male doesn't mean I'm impervious to your whispers. Body shaming hurts. So yeah, definitely it's not okay. It's not a male or female. There seems to be people getting criticized. Like, I'm sure if Pratt would still look the way he did on Parks and Recreation, people would criticize him that he's too heavy or overweight to play a superhero. So you can't have both these. Yeah, Grinka's never going to be as bulky as Ben Affleck's Batman. That's just, they're two different people. And the Flash is always going to be a thinner hero. He's lean. He's a speedster. He's not, doesn't have to be bulky. He's not a, well, I guess you could say the same thing while someone, but it's a whole other thing. Like, Stephen Amell has to be bulky. He's firing arrows. He's running. He's doing all that. Like, the Flash is the, he's a metahuman. He has that speed force in him. He's doesn't need to be this big, bulky, 200 pounds all of pure muscle running around. It just wouldn't work. So, I, it's just a little ridiculous. That's something that's always disheartening, that people who try and stay in shape or try and look okay can... Call it just, it's, a, it's not a gender-biased issue. It seems we're all affected. And people just need to be overcritical. Just wait until the show happens. I'm sure it'll look a lot different. I mean, I saw a picture that looks like it's no longer going to be kind of a, a cowl. It looks like it's going to be more of a... A helmet that the Flash is going to have. There's no chin guard, so that'll be interesting to see in the final product. But I'm definitely excited for Season 5, which I think is in about two months from now. I think it's like October 13th, thereabout. I'm curious to what date it's on. I know they ship things around. Supergirl's on Sunday, and everything else is going to kind of follow after it. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. And Grant's a great actor, so yeah, definitely stay tuned for that. And staying with CW News, there's a couple other things I want to talk about. And one involves... Actress who was cast to play Batwoman in the new CW crossover this season, as well as possibly getting her own spinoff on CW, and that is Ruby Rose. And she actually exited Twitter after the casting backlash, as fans calling her the wrong lesbian for the role ridiculous. The hashtag recast Batwoman began circulating after the Orange is the New Black breakout was cast in the CW's upcoming superhero series. The CW announced August 7th that Ruby Rose, the Australian actress best known for a breakout role in Orange is the New Black will be leading its upcoming Batwoman television series in the title role, but not every fan of the comic book superhero was thrilled with the casting announcements. Angry Batwoman fans took to social media in the days following Rose's hiring to slam the decision by using the hashtag #RecastBatwoman. Fans complained that Rose was the wrong LGBTQ actor to play the superhero and noted that, unlike the character in the comics, Rose is not Jewish. Rose, currently starring on the big screen in The Meg, responded to the backlash removing herself from Twitter, Rose leader to her account after sending out one final message to her followers via Vulture. Uh, that's, I think, how it's... I am looking forward to getting more than four hours of sleep and to break from Twitter to focus all my energy on my next two projects. If you need me, I'll be on my bat phone. Before exiting the social media platform, Rose reacted to the backlash in disbelief. Where on earth did Ruby is not a lesbian, therefore she can't be Batwoman come from? She asked her followers. That's to be the funniest, most ridiculous thing I've ever read. I came out at 12 and have for the past five years to deal with. She's too gay. How do you... 
I'll flip it like that. I didn't change. When women and when minorities join forces, we are unstoppable, and when we tear each other down, it's much more hurtful than from any other group, Rose continued. But hey, love a challenge. I just wish women in the LGBT community supported each other more. Following her American breakthrough on Netflix's Orange is the New Black, Rose went on to star in films such as John Wick Chapter 2, Pitch Perfect 3, and Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Rose is hardly the first actress to remove herself from social media because of toxic fandom. This year alone, Star Wars Last Jedi actress Kelly Marie Tran wiped her Instagram clean because of her harassment, while Stranger Things star Millie Bobby Brown deleted her Twitter account for the same reason. And I actually just saw her in the Meg I watched over the weekend with some friends, and she does a great job in it. The Meg is probably one of the best B-movies, I'm going to call it. Just, like, movies that, like, like, it's worlds better than a Sharknado, and it's just as fun. So definitely check that out. I was thinking about when I was playing this episode to go into a deep review of it, but I think I'm going to keep it a little bit brief today, just kind of get, kind of grease the wheels with this new show and kind of move forward from there. And I guess staying within the CW-verse, because kind of go to a more positive spin, and that involves The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So this is from the CW versus kind of a semi-spinoff of Riverdale by the shame showrunner, and it's coming to Netflix this October, starring Kiernan Shirpka, which a lot of you will know was the, uh, played the daughter of Don Draper from Mad Men. So the Supreme Teenage Witch is back, but this is not the Melissa Joan Hart version from your childhood. Netflix has debuted the first look photos from its upcoming series. This series was a darker spin on the Sabrina comic book and comes from Riverdale showrunner Robert to Aguirre Sacasa. The Chilling Event Sabrina follows the titular half-human, half-witch as she battles the forces of evil threatening her world, all while deciding whether she wants the life of a witch or the life of a human. The supporting class includes Miranda Otto, Lucy Davis, Ross Lynch, Michelle Gomez, and Chance Perdomo. The series marks Shipka's first regular television show role since starring as Sally Draper on Mad Men. And very interesting pictures. I'll have to throw them up on our Twitter. The show is being split a little bit, or my socials. So Facebook has been changed. It's going to be for the poor news, which will obviously air next week. And then my Twitter is going to be exclusively doing poor entertainment. So I'll be sharing pictures and articles and stuff on that. Just keep them two separate just so I don't have so many sets of socials I have to deal with for all the shows I'm a part of. But you can see the pictures, um, blonde hair, red robe, and there's also kind of creepy pictures with a lot of them in black, and there's a satanic figure, and she's kneeled down in white. It looks very interesting and definitely a lot darker than the family sitcom with Melissa Joan Hart and the talking cat and all that. But I'm definitely going to check that out on Netflix. I never really got into Riverdale. I didn't really start watching it. I may have to give it a try because those CW shows definitely have some interesting content. And with a returning character that we're all kind of surprised by. Yes, we've seen that we're now getting a Batwoman. Yes, there's now a new Sabrina the Teenage Witch show, even though it's The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Involves a classic character that a lot of people in the world of nerddom or geekdom, or however you want to define it, and that involves Patrick Stewart returning to Star Trek. So if you're a Star Trek lover, you can't have missed the news that has the fandom wired. Patrick Stewart returned to the Trek universe as Jean-Luc Picard will be starring in his own series for CBS All Access. CBS All Access, as you know, is CBS's direct-to-consumer product online that kind of kicked off with their flagship show, Star Trek Discovery. So, 
And as well, of course, Picard's one of the most iconic characters from the franchise's half-century of history, but we haven't seen him for a long while. In fact, the last time Stuart played the part was back in 2002's underwhelming Star Trek Nemesis. So although the actor decided to come back as the character that he brought to life in Star Trek The Next Generation in 1987, which is before a lot of us were born, uh, has the British Thespian just sitting by the phone waiting for the call actually quite the opposite. The announcement of Stuart's return was made by the actor himself in an appearance at the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas over the weekend. Before he dropped the big news, he explained why he stayed away from the franchise for so long after recounting a story about the time he lost a job because he was typecast. Stuart spoke of how he made a promise to himself to never play Picard again, but that changed when he received an interesting email. I was determined that 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 was the past, it was over, and it would be a voyage I would never undertake again. I made a particular point of stressing that until earlier this year when an email arrived and there was an offer. Interesting and charming, but one that I knew I would have to turn down. Stuart paused for a laugh from the crowd and then went on to explain what changed to make him want to do the project. It seems it was a mix of the exciting plans the showrunners have in store and the actor rediscovering what he loves about the franchise that helped him decide to hop on board. August in general like literally then the first day of August comes around I just it's like this daunting just ugh feeling like this this feeling of dread like oh my gosh now I gotta actually think about what I have to do for work and you know different things that come along with it like especially if it's like one of your first year teaching like I know I um when I first started teaching like I didn't get my a- actual job until, like, the last week of July. Like, it was the last week of July towards the first week of August, and I was freaking out. And I feel like ever since then, that month of August has just given me such bad anxiety, and it's because it's just, like, you just never know what's going to happen. You don't really know what to expect until you get there. I mean, even... What's nice about, like, the school that I work at is that the day before we do, like, it's called a meet and greet. So parents and the kids come in, they find their lockers, um, they can walk their schedule. And I like that part, but then also you, you have those kids that show up and then there's kids that don't show up. And those are the kids that you freak out about the most because you're like, I don't know. Sometimes you don't know what they look like. Um, sometimes you, they're new and you have no idea. You have nothing on them. So it's just like that kind of anticipation to kind of get everything up and rolling. I wish, because I feel like the first day of school is just so awkward. Like you can't really start anything. You're just like, okay, here's my syllabus. Here's my expectations. And then it's like, what do I do after that? It's like, oh, icebreakers. Wonderful. But then how many, really, how many icebreakers can you do through your whole schedule? Especially if you're a middle school kid. Because you're probably doing the same thing over and over for seven or eight class periods. And it's just, it's, I don't know, like, part of me is just like, maybe extend the school year's not so bad. Because then you just kind of have a break, keep going, have a break, keep going. But then I know if I were ever to go to a um, uh, extended school or year-round schooling, I would probably want to kill someone. Because I don't know how I could handle, like not 
like going to school during the summer. Like you, you do go oh, to school during the summer. Well, yeah, it's a transition because you when you teach summer school, it's half days. It's mm-hmm. only a few weeks at a time, and it's not as in depth and intense. And... Yeah, I think my, I think more of my anxiety this year is because I got um, I'm switching positions within the special ed realm. So before I was more of a self-contained where it was like, oh, it's just me I have to worry about. And like my kids are with me all day long. Now I'll be working with older kids and it's more of a resource where I may not see the kids at all during the day. And that's something that makes me nervous because then it's like, well, I don't even like some of one of the kids on my caseload didn't come today. I have no idea what she looks like. So how am I supposed to like form a connection with this person if they didn't show up to the meet and greet and then I don't see her throughout the day anyway. Like, it's just very, like, that kind of stuff makes me nervous. But I know once the first day or two of school go by, it won't be as bad. But just those jitters. And I feel like I was the same way um, when I was in school, too. I don't know about you. Right, when I feel it came like... the first day of school. I feel like first day of schools were always like, all right, let's go around a room, introduce ourselves, tell us something random or a fun fact or one of those things like... What's the fun fact to you? Like, I am left-handed. Oh, that's exciting. Or, I can drive stick. Oh, that's cool. Like, and then you do the same thing in every class, and you're just like... And then, like, when you're in college, it's the same kind of syllabus. If it's become syllabus day, they go over the syllabus, and then you're gone. Yeah, like, the first the first day of school at any grade level isn't that exciting. The yeah. only time it's not different is maybe pre-K. Pre-K might not change from one day to the next. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know how they really work. I've never worked with that young of kids before. Like, I've attended, like, my mom's pre-K class. I've a, I've come in there, but I've never been there for a longer period of time to actually know how it runs. But it seems like a slightly more structured daycare. Mm-hmm. But there's probably more to it. I know Veronica on the on Foodies and a Gallif Radio and a couple of their shows on the network is a pre-K aide as well, or kindergarten. I can't remember exactly what she is. But she might know better, and she might have her two cents on it later, but... Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it seems to be always an interesting transition from summer to a school year. And I know par- or parents and teachers and kids all kind of feel the same way going into it. It's like, oh, it's here already. Uh, yeah, well, in that sense. And then sometimes, like, if you're on any of, like, the teacher sites, I love them because I feel like I relate to them so much. But, like, you see, like, at the beginning of the summer, it was like... Some schools have, like, the little... They put it on the their, like, school billboard and they'd be like, Tag, you're it, parents. Because it's like, hi, you get them for three months. But now it's like... Now it's that time of year where it's like, Oh, we return the favor. Now we're it for... What is it? 38 weeks? I think I counted 38 weeks. Isn't that so sad, though? I'm already... You already, you already have the countdown already, clock? Yeah. Only well, 200 days of school till summer. No, Woo. 180. There's 180 <laughs> school days. <laughs> I like that you already have... No, wait. Yeah. One... I know one thing I'm... I think... Uh, yeah, I think it's... I think it. I don't remember if it's 180 school days with kids or if it's 180 school days just in general. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm kind of curious to see, since we're both new to living in a neighborhood with kids, there's a lot of active kids in the neighborhood that are out doing things. I'm curious to see if that's going to... How that's going to change once the kids are back in school. Are we going to have to see kids during the week and then they're going to go hard on the weekends or if it's going to change at all? Oh, yeah, because those kids can go so hard. I'm going to go play soccer all day long in the front yard so well, hard. Well, I mean, but I don't go hard. I mean, like, they're just out constantly till, from sun up to sundown, it seems like, a lot of these neighborhood yeah. kids. They're, and since they're all, like, friends with each other, they're always, like, 
We've seen kids like in our backyard. Like, what are you doing back here? Go to your yard. And like, then it makes you feel like a grandpa. You're like, get off my lawn. <laughs> and just... Like, it's... We, we have a nice neighborhood, so it's be, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of changes as these kids go back to school. And Yeah. Well, and there's... I know our next door neighbor um, works in the school district where the kids go to. So it's kind of interesting to hear from her... It's like I always wonder if she like sees any of those neighborhood kids in the in the hall and like do they freak out like how do they react to that? Well, it's always like it's I know it's like when you were a kid when you see your teacher in public you like if you don't know them outside of school it's always weird. Yeah. It's like even like you know like they have normal lives they have families and stuff and some of them are parents of kids and also in your class or in the school so mm-hmm. it's just one of those things like my mom was a teacher but it's still was weird to like. Oh, here's my fourth grade teacher, like, out of the grocery store. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Or the fact that, like, your parents are friends with a lot of your teachers. It's just... What? That doesn't always happen. Well, it's when you're, when your parents teach, you're like... It might come to a point, like, when we have kids that... You might be being friends with your kids' teachers. It could, it could happen. Uh, it depends if you're in the same district as the kids, obviously. But it's yeah. not uncommon. Right. Um... Yeah, where was I going? I was thinking of something while you were saying that. 180 days. <laughs> 180 days. That's all I can keep thinking. Let's Liz, gonna have one of those uh, tearaway calendars, like the one where they would do like a time lapse and the calendar no, sheets fall. No, then I would get in trouble because they'd be like, oh, stop being so pessimistic. School's supposed to be fun. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I'm sure one of the kids that I knew from last year that I have would be like, yeah, because he, he's definitely one of those kids that's like, I hate school. And he says it so matter-of-factly. I'm like... Well, too bad. You still have to get through it until you're 18, and then you can do whatever you want. I wish you could check into some of your kids that were so excited about going on to the next uh, school. Like, obviously, we can't say names on here, but I know it's probably one of those things. Yeah, I had... So, I had students for... The last two years, I had the same four kids, and two of those kids actually graduated. They're in high school now, and it... They actually, actually, the high school did start on Monday, and, like, you saw, it was kind of funny, because we were still doing our institute day, or, like, as we were leaving um, to go home, you see, like, the kids, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I remember that kid, he was in eighth grade last year, oh my gosh, I remember that kid from two years ago, and, like, and it's just weird that there's, like, I'm going to be working with those kids, and I'm going to, if I continue to be at this school, because I'm going to be in eighth grade, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh. That's one of my students. I had them in the year 2018, 2019. They're walking down the street and, like, acting like maniacs, like freshmen. And it's just, like, it's very odd. I'm, I'm kind of nervous to be like that, but I know, obviously, that's something that happens because mm-hmm. your kids don't stay the same age. No, it's like my grandma taught forever and had second generations. Like, she had her kids' kids. Like, she had stu- her students' kids for the same grade level, like, 20 years later. It's just it's kind of how things go. If you're a teacher for a long enough time, you and you're in the same area, that's how it can happen. But I feel like teachers these days don't stay at the same school no. too very long. No. Unless they get, usually later in their career, but not like, teachers your age probably shuffle around a couple times. Like, yeah. I've had, I have one friend who's a teacher who's on like his fourth school in four years or something. Like, it's just, yeah. some teachers move a lot. It's just kind of how it goes. Well, and it's just, it's hard because you want to find the place, like as a teacher, and I feel like anywhere... You want to find the place where you feel most comfortable and, you know, for a certain amount of time, one place maybe that feel that way for you. But then, you know, it's amazing how one year can kind of change your whole perspective on certain schools. Because especially for me, like I remember my, I was worried, going into my second year of teaching, I was like, 
I had, before my second year, I was looking for other jobs and I'd gotten close to some places, but never really, never kind of hit the nail on the head with anybody. And so like, I almost, I went into my second year and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I'm going back to a place. I was very worried about how it was going to go because I mean, my first year teaching, I felt like was kind of rough in terms of like there was just a lot of things going on that I was not expecting to deal with it's in culture my first shock year. too right yeah it's it's a bit of culture shock but then it's like then I made friends and then you're like sometimes it makes it a little harder to move on but then it's like you gotta there's always that double-edged sword when it comes to it but even from my first to second year there was a huge difference and like I mean at first, like, going into the second year of school or of teaching, I was like, all right, by March of next year, I'm going to be starting to look for jobs, blah, blah, blah. But when it actually came to that time, I'm like, you know what? I kind of, I'm okay with this. Because there were a couple of changes in terms of, like, we had gotten a new superintendent and she had changed a lot. We're going to fuck gonna, the sodomites in, in the... It's episode 50 of Podcastrophe. Congratulations, fellas. Why, thank you. Very first guest we ever had, Brandon Stone. Glad to be here, fellas. I'm really, really, really proud of you guys and happy to be here again on another yes. landmark episode of Podcastrophe. I want to say I'm proud of somebody, too. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Quail Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we're here. <laughs> Normally, I'm like here lately, especially like Tuesdays have just been bad days for me. Yeah. And like I'm even sick right now and I had a really good day at work and like just I'm, I'm having a really good time. That's good. So That's like I'm good. not in a bad mood today, which <laughs> is not it's just not normal. Me either. I'm in a fantastic mood. It was a nice, quiet, peaceful day. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into that. Did nobody buy a penis? <laughs> Not yet. Oh. <laughs> that tear still. Did uh, nobody's uh, husband die in a lawnmower accident? Nope. But we found out he's getting some another piercing. He's getting another penis. Piercing. Penis. <laughs> piercing. Penis. That tear is still vacant on the JSC Patreon. <laughs> nobody wants it. Yeah. I don't get it. That's been my life. I don't get it at all. <laughs> Nobody wants my penis. <laughs> but here we are. We're at episode 50. Man, oh man, how did we ever get here? Well, I uh, made fun of you a lot. Yeah, there's there's at least 30 episodes of that. I, I yelled at things. Maybe 40. <laughs> uh, I think your first episode was what, 12? I think 12. So yeah, 38 episodes of just making fun of me. I fought a chair for like 12 episodes. Yes. He did that too. Uh, I, I made fun of Cameron a lot. That's easy to do, though. Yeah. right? Whether he was here or not. Yeah. Well, and you know, I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine uh, about Cameron the other day, and he's like, "Well, because well, I, we were hanging out, and I, he's like, well, what's wrong with you?'" And I was like, "Well, I just fucking ripped Cameron's ass," 
And he's like, why did you just rip Cameron's ass? And I was like, well, you know, like, like if you find an animal, like abandoned on the side of the road, like it's just our instinct. Like we feel compelled to take care of it. Like, even if you don't like animals for a split second, you're like, man, I fucking feel bad for that animal. I want to take care of it. I might not want to keep it, but I at least want to like, yeah. you know, get it healthy. Is and, that Cameron for you? And get it, get it on track, and you know, find it a good home and everything. But it, like, <clears throat> like along the same lines, you know, like as you go through life, there's those people that fill like a dad role for you. Like everybody has their dad, whether it's a long period of time or a short period of time, it doesn't really matter. Everybody knows who their dad is. But then, like, there's always those people that feel like a dad role when your dad's mm-hmm. not around. And I'm kind of like that for Cameron. That's that's how I've asserted myself. Yeah. Because he's 20 years old, and he fucking doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. To be fair, he, he didn't have parents to really show him. But, I that I mean, I didn't really have parents to show me either, and, and I figured all this shit out on my own through wherewithal and determination i was about to say sure sheer will sheer will is definitely part (laughs) of it so like i've like especially the last like six months since i've left subaru i've tried to help cameron as much as i can because now he doesn't have me yelling at him every day (laughs) uh to try and keep his life on track And and i'm not saying by any means that cameron's a bad kid but there's a lot of shit that he just doesn't know yeah. That he should know at 20 years Jennifer, old. Jennifer said, I feel so bad for him because, like, this couldn't have happened to the worst. Like, because the other day he uh, he got sent, he was sent to the emergency room, uh, had a, his uh, appendix rupture. He had an appendectomy. Yes. It didn't he, rupture. It just started to leak. Which, okay. ironically, we could have helped had we have known what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, the, the one thing I want to say with this is that I saw your two's interaction and read it in exactly the like the voice <laughs> yes, like the dad voice oh, yeah. oh man especially when you did all caps i could just hear you shouting at him yeah <laughs> but you know all i like i like i consider cameron you know like pseudo child slash little brother mm-hmm. you know slash very good friend because cameron and i get along very well you know you have filled some of that dad role towards Cameron too, especially when you and Cameron and I were having a conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, normally I was yelling at him and then you would come at the end, like, and just fucking slit his throat. Like, okay, the conversation's done now. Go away. (laughs) The the Lannister send their regards. Yes. I mean, I mean, that's a perfect way to put it, but Cameron wants to get his shit together but he's so inept 90 percent of the time (sighs) and i i get so frustrated because you know that that whole fucking comment stream i have been telling him everything that i said to him in that in that message stream for fucking since friday and you know regardless of whether or not he could actually uh obtain what we were talking about i was telling him to get on that the fucking day that he had his surgery, mm-hmm. you know, you have a cell phone, use it. You can fucking call people. And then if people don't answer you, get in your fucking car and go track those people down. You know, fucking do your due diligence yeah. and handle your shit. So, but we got it all under control now. And <clears throat> for the remainder of him and I's friendship, however long or short that may be, I will continue to force myself into the dad role and fucking yell at him all the time. As much as I possibly can. 
as as you since you have exited Subaru and but you're still fulfilling that dad role, I have taken upon myself to be the big brother role for him. Good, because I also have to fill a dad role for you a lot of the times. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sometimes. God, you've got Fat Mark McGuire as a dad. You don't reach out to him. I shouldn't have to yell at you. I like to try to do things on my own, and then I fail. And you fail <laughs> pretty much every time. Please tell me your dad called you Slugger. No. Oh, <laughs> no, he never it. called me Slugger. Uh, Nick says, nice shirt, Tyler. Thanks, man. I want to come get some more of them here soon. So- oh, Jennifer, she did a thing. What did you do, Jennifer? Did you buy a Rolo the Destroyer t-shirt from Teespring? There's nobody that I would rather see in a Rolo the Destroyer Destroyer shirt than fucking Jennifer. Right. I I ordered one of those. I ordered a Heritage shirt and a JIC tank top. If I could get the Heritage shirt in yellow with red letters, I would have one right now. I would be wearing it. That's honestly what I would prefer as well, but I guess I guess the Podfathers. We can make that happen. Yeah, we can do it. All, all we need to do we is, can make our own store all we all we need to do literally is send him a message and say hey add an alternate to yeah. the heritage shirt yeah <laughs> definitely god damn it Blaine oh sorry Nate we didn't introduce our guest Mr. Brandon yeah we introduced you yeah wait we yeah, introduced first ever guest yeah. first ever guest Brandon Stone did, like, did you say my name though I did oh, sorry okay. I had to do some <laughs> Come exposition on, because I had it bottled inside since like Saturday Dude, I, I get I kind of feel you. I kind of feel you. I mean, I felt really bad for the kid. I mean, oh, really. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, because when something like that happens, I mean, it can catch anybody off guard. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he's so worried. Nate's he's on ab- it. He's about, to have, <laughs> he's about to have surgery in like an hour, and he's freaking out about how much it's going to cost. Right. And I'm like, dude, stop. Right you can, now, you, can you, make have, payments. you have no control over this. Mm-hmm. You, know, like, you need to relax and try and calm down. Yeah. That way you can go and get your shit taken care of. Worry about that stuff after because this isn't. I mean, thankfully, thankfully, it didn't rupture. Right. And you know, completely. What? Oh, he says. Oh yeah. <laughs> Introducing you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, classic I, Nate. I, I went and saw him on Saturday uh, to kind of just make sure he was still yeah. alive, and he's doing good. You know, he's healing well. Yeah, he came in Monday, just normal as ever. He still yep. smells like a bag of dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, like uh, I said, normal as ever. Yeah. Right. So he came in Monday and they sent him home. Is that how they did it? Basically, kind of, uh, without going into too much detail right. here, uh, he's, he's got to get more uh, official, mm-hmm. like, I guess, shit taken care of as far as, like, the whole medical issue at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it's very, it, it very much sucks for him because, obviously, I mean, much to my surprise, he was pretty much acting every bit of normal moving normal mm-hmm. uh, he probably would be sore as shit but like he showed me his wounds yeah how he's about got three it? of them yeah he he almost showed me his ding dong when yeah he showed his i know he, he, went, he just kept going and i'm like ah did they like, give him a bikini n- line cut no, no 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 it was like right here it was like right in the spot where like your pubic hair doesn't grow at all oh, you know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah. like right below your gut yeah that's where they went yeah, he for showed the, me the all, lowest, of this, most... all of this right in front of the group leader desk in the yeah. morning meeting. He's like, yeah, check it out. He doesn't surprise me anymore, really. <laughs> I know, I know. It's... I don't know that he can at this point. Because, it, 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 you know, it's more dad mode on my part. <laughs> but, like, I just, not that my expectations are low of him. Because for as dumb as Cameron can be 
and as you know impulsive and as many bad decisions as he ma- as he can make, he's a pretty responsible kid. Yeah. When he wants to be. Yeah. I'm not saying he is. He's all a the very time capable any, kid as well. He's also very intelligent and very capable. He just has to have the right kick in the ass every now and then to, to put him back on track. So. He's he's got a lot of fuckhead in him. Yeah. 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 That could also be a response to environment too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. PSA: We are not allowed to say Eric Brooks's name on this show anymore. <laughs> Why is that? Um, Because there are people around town that he doesn't want uh, his name heard on this show, uh, and he does not want to be associated with this show. (laughs) Okay, well... So, uh, from henceforth, when we're speaking of him, we will refer to him as Erica Brookstone. uh, Thankfully, I think Eric Brooks is a fucking douchebag, so I'll say it as much as I want to say it. I know. He asked me, he's like, "Can can you not say my name on the show anymore? I'm like, Why? And I can't make any promises. <laughs> He's like, and he, ex- he went and explained it to me. And I was like, well, I can't make any promises. And I definitely can't speak for Tyler. <laughs> he was like, he can say whatever the fuck he wants about me. Fucking douchebag. Blah, 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 fucking going on. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> I think you were yeah. there. Uh, I heard about it. So yeah. I'm going to go buy seven Subaru Ascents tomorrow. And then I'm going to tell you all about it for the next six months. Yeah. So that makes that make, that, uh, that's Jer- because I'm a douchebag. Jeremiah got him pretty flustered because uh i, I do you, you heard you the chuck nut story man bun that he had no? six months ago no uh so i i don't know the exact story but uh basically he was talking to someone i think either joe or jennifer about um truck nuts oh <laughs> oh okay and he, right, I, he's I like all this he's like eric you look like a guy that would have that on his truck <laughs> and eric was like so just he actually has them on his truck and his Subaru Ascent. <laughs> he put a hitch on the Ascent. Yes. He was so just uncomfortable with this comment that he started going around asking people, do I look like a guy with a Yes. Okay, so absolutely. That, that is hilarious because way earlier back in my career and when I worked with Jay when he was just a regular online associate, I convinced him one day he was depressed. Okay. I was completely <laughs> bored out of my mind. And I was working with him, like, I think three times that day. And I like Jay. I could talk to Jay. He's a, he's a really good guy. And the issue is, he would get bored and just want to argue. And his go-to arguments were, Xbox is better than PlayStation. Okay. I, I, I debunked that years ago. Right. And then, uh, Iron Man could beat up Batman. Okay. And we would just go back and forth with that. And eventually, I got tired of that crap. But I... Hey, went, Brandon. Did you know that Iron Man could beat up Batman? That's exactly how it Is that it how it started? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just when he was bored, <laughs> and after about like a third time, I looked at him, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not taking the bait. But anyway, I just, one day, one day, after about an hour, I'm like, Jay, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, why? Oh, man, you just seem a little down. No? All right, man. Well, I mean, you want to talk. I'm here, man. You know, we... no, dude, I'm fine. <laughs> a little while later goes by. Are you sure, man? Are you You're like, what? I'm you like, just planted the seeds. Dude. Yes. And, uh, I spent, see, that was probably around five o'clock on a fourth, like, you know, second shift was four thirty start five o'clock that day. So five, it was early 5 PM. And we went all the way till three o'clock at night <laughs> and literally, 
like, I was like, I don't know, man. You just seem like, just, you just seem like you're slouching more. You seem like, seems like you got a lot of weight on your shoulders. No, no pep, dude, I'm no fine. No pep in your step, man. Like, no, I'm fine. And then finally he asked his wife at break, have I seemed depressed to you? And she said, yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and then he kept asking people to work and they kept saying yes. That's my shit right there. Hell yeah. Um, so <laughs> he got so mad. He's like, I don't, I don't even know when I got depressed. <laughs> He's just, I'm like, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes we just, we get into a funk in our lives. Sometimes it just kind of creeps up on you like that. Mm -hmm. And then he kept trying to argue and say he wasn't depressed. And I kept turning his words around on him. And finally he's like, man, I'm, I'm, you just keep turning my words around on me. I'm like, how do I keep doing that? He goes, cause you're smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. But I mean, as, as funny as that is, there is a lot of truth to that. You know, you might have, uh, a bad night's rest mm -hmm. you might you know you might actually get a little bit more sleep than you normally do and it, it throws your your fucking hormones and everything else that's sure. going on in your body just a little bit out of whack and then it just slowly you get more and more comfortable with feeling that way and then that leads to depression and you don't even know it exactly so there is a lot of i mean even though it was a joke there's a lot of truth to that and unless you have somebody else or unless you're extremely cognitive of, of your own. I mean, if you can just do like your own out of body experience and say, man, I've been fucking off lately. It's very difficult to do that mm -hmm. because a lot of times we are just so uh, trapped into what we are doing. Trapped right. In our current situation, we are focused forward. We are looking at this where you got this coming up. I got mm -hmm. this coming up. I got to do this. I got to mother yard when I get home. I got to take my kid here. I got to do this and do that. That we still don't have time for self-reflection. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then that kind of stuff does kind of creep up on you. And then you don't even know why or you don't even understand it. And it's not even until you start looking back at your current situation or your current workload or whatever it is that is kind of like, you know, placing you in this sort of uh, state of emotion. Right. It's not until you do that that you can try to make changes to that. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, like, other people will definitely notice before you do in that kind of situation. Well, and it's always tough for those other people, too. Like, like if you were having a bad day, right out of the gate, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call you out on it, but if for like six months or, you know, not, not even that long, but like six weeks, right? you know, if you and I work together every day and you're having the same kind of day every day, I would probably reach out and say, Hey man, what's going on? Right. But it, it, we, as people are so prideful, number one, but number two, and I know you feel the same way as I do. And I know you do too. We don't like to get involved in other people's business. Yes. So whatever, it, and, you know, I said it a lot while I was at Subaru, and I've said it a lot on this show. As long as your personal life isn't affecting my personal life, that's none of my business. The moment it affects my personal life or my uh, my work life, then, that, then, then yeah. it becomes my business. But, you know, I, I'm not one to meddle in somebody <clears throat> else's affairs unless, you know, they're going down the wrong path or, you know, they basically open the door for me. So that's another little little PSA. For people, if you're if you're if you're going through some shit, reach out because pe people. Oh yeah, always you. reach out. There will always be someone there, mm -hmm. whether whether the first or second person reacts the way you want. There's always someone yep. out there, regardless. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's so. That's so funny that we talk about that. And on the very first episode of Podcastrophy, <laughs> we talked about because it was right around the time Chester oh, and uh, yeah, Chris Cornell. Yeah, Chris Cornell. 
Yeah, because so, we were still kind of reflecting on that. Yeah, we yeah. got we got real deep into like our depression and shit. What's wrong with being childish? I like being childish. Shut up, everybody. Just, just shut up. But that was a good. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I'm Lords of Gallifrey, Daleks of Skara. I serve notice on you all. Welcome to the very first episode of Gallif Radio, a Whovian podcast. I am Veronica. I am joined as well with my companions, Nate Phillips. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Excited to be doing this finally. I know. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a while. I feel like I had the concept for Gallif Radio in like February of this year. I don't know. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while for sure. We've been talking about this for a while. Also, our companion, Lauren, and our co-host of Foodies Watching Movies, our other podcast we share together. How you doing, Lauren? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to be talking about Doctor Who, finally? Yes, yes, finally. I know. We, we always talk about it like here and there on Foodies, and we finally decided we needed just our own platform to talk about this, because it's too important and too long-winded, right? Yeah, it really is. There's yeah. too much mm-hmm. going on in Doctor Who for it to ever be contained within another podcast. Right, and it's ongoing, and hopefully will continue to go forever, forever. So we are going to have plenty of content to talk about. In the There's future. actually too much content, however. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I like okay. I realized what I did, and I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, our other companion, Miss Sarah Van Lanningham, is joining us. Hi. Hi. How's it going? I'm here. I know. I'm so to talk excited. About Doctor Who. Sarah is actually one of the reasons why I even watch Doctor Who. I think we're going to talk about that all in this episode. We kind of just want to talk about Doctor Who, why we like it, what we like about it, and how we, you know, like an introductory into how we all got into this show, because it's important to a lot of people. Absolutely. This show started in 1963. Uh, Interesting to note, it debuted the day after the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, you were talking about that earlier. Which mm-hmm. actually kind of hurt it a little bit because people weren't tuning in to watch science fiction stuff. The president of North America and the United States of America had just been assassinated, so they had to actually replay the first episode. Wasn't the very yeah. first episode of the reboot of Doctor Who, didn't oh. that have a picture of Christopher Eccleston like at the Kennedy assassination? Like, Wasn't he like in the crowd or something? Oh, yeah, that the was doctor. on the episode, the very first episode with the autons mm-hmm. and all of that, when they're, the guy's searching out uh, all of the instances of the doctor out through, throughout history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's standing in the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sure. Interesting Easter egg. Yeah, that is an interesting Easter. Oh, uh, what's that guy's name? Craig? Season, it was the first season with Eccleston, right? And I don't know if his name was Craig, but he was just like a... He was just a dude. A dude, yeah, that Rose... Uh, Found on the, on the internet. internet. Yeah, and that's when Mickey turns into the... Plastic. The plastic out in the car. That's episode one. Yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. um, episode is titled Rose. Rose, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, I it's interesting because I feel like if episode we're episode one of new season of the new season, see, yeah, which yeah, we should say because right. it's an earth an an unearthly child would be the first first Doctor Who episode, right? And a lot a lot of people that don't watch Doctor, I know a lot of people that don't watch Doctor Who, and we're always talking to them and trying to convert them and be like, you would love it, you would love it, just get into it, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know that it's been going on. It's like one, it's the longest science fiction. TV show running 
today. Like it has a, a Guinness World Record. I learned that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been going since the '60s, you know, yeah. on and off. Uh, they found a really interesting way to captivate audiences by deciding that they could recast the Doctor by using storyline. And saying that the doctor can regenerate his body once a body has been damaged, he can just become someone else. Right. Well, his. It's, so I think someone needs to explain. Which is always like, very emotional for Doctor Who fans whenever mm, he regenerates true. into yeah, someone else, because sure. we get we get attached to whoever's playing the doctor, and then mm-hmm. someone new comes along. And isn't it usually around Christmas time? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> usually. In the modern era, it's, it's depressing. In the modern era, it's been more Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in the old school days. They fired the gun whenever, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Hope that dude's contract's over. Let's write him <laughs> off. It's time. Someone new. I feel like they, I feel like they do it now around Christmas time because they have more time to to use it. Like the Christmas special episode that's right. generally longer than most other episodes, so they want to use that opportunity to introduce a new doctor and say goodbye to the current one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And each episode's like what about forty five minutes? Yeah, except for David Tennant, they gave him a whole like two part, two part, two part special, mm-hmm. special, the Christmas yeah. special and the New Year's special. Mm-hmm. Of course, they gave it to David Tennant. God, of course, they did. David Tennant. I loved him. That was the saddest one. Yeah, <laughs> we're, I mean, we were definitely Spoilers. all over the yeah. all over the map here, but uh, <laughs> we're, so we need to like just talk about overall like what Doctor Who is. Like, if you were to try to sell somebody on the show, how would you guys describe Doctor Who? There's an alien. He's in a phone box. The phone box can travel through time and space. It's a police box. It's a police, police box. box yeah. It's a public call it's box. A box. It's a phone box. The angels have the phone box. <laughs> uh, so he travels through... They actually through t- have the trademark for the, the blue police box, Doctor Who does, so that way they can do merchandise. Well, that doesn't stuff. surprise me. But they, they went to court with it, with a police there because they wanted to have it the, the yeah. patent office cited for Doctor Who anyway so go ahead I'm sorry so anyways the TARDIS time and relative dimension in space is stolen by the doctor he leaves his home planet Gallifrey and he starts going on adventures he kind of gets hooked going to a planet called Earth where he brings companions from Earth on adventures through time and space and and, time. and it's interesting because a lot of what draws people in is from the companions perspective because mm-hmm. we can relate to the companion. We don't necessarily There's relate been to the doctor. good ones. Oh, man. And we'll yeah. get into that for sure. Um, but with every doctor, there have been new companions, new people he's bringing on adventures, new people that he's learning lessons for his own sake sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, the doctor is having to learn that he's making mistakes too and how to fix those. This was originally marketed to be a family show, like an educational family show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's evolved into horror and sci-fi and drama and comedy i mean this show really has everything yeah it's technically still a family show and it's still a family show you know uh maybe over here it's a little scary for some kids i don't know i think the theme music would be scary if you were a little kid yeah well some of the villains especially some of these later villains they've come up with have been pretty uh weeping angels were the scariest ones i thought those were the scariest to me too yeah, I we're gonna this, have an episode dedicated yeah, just to just villains and companions. The we well, and, and probably even individual monsters because, like the Daleks, you could spend a whole three mm-hmm. episodes on the history of the Daleks and whatnot. We have plans. We have um, plans. But it's interesting because you know, while there is a lot of cool um, time traveling things with the Doctor Who story, a lot of it gets based in um, the morals. 
the very strong moral compass of the doctor and he's uh tries to be non-violent in every situation doesn't use a gun has the sonic screwdriver runs for most of his problems uh so he's I, been running for like how many thousands of years well he's over what the uh, god tw- 11 or 1200 years old at this yeah. point because still don't know if he's a good man or not they're unsure uh, we're unsure <laughs> we're still very unsure <laughs> very unsure it's interesting because we're veronica is actually and lauren both you're not caught up on the 10th season Mm-mm. and you're no. a couple seasons behind and we're working you through i just started up. the peter capaldi's first season Correct. well no i'm about halfway through it right yeah you're, you're, a little you're in the deep water now i'm in the deep you're water in, you're yeah. in the muck it was a rough couple of episodes it's, i mean yeah. i enjoyed it it's it was still entertaining out. but yeah, yeah i yeah the, every regeneration is hard capaldi, though I do like Peter like Capaldi a lot. Doctor. He was a punk rocker. Yeah. Yeah, I can get on board with that. She's I'm already a, on board. It's just... It's just... Uh, it's the writing. No it's worries. The writing. He was in a punk band with Craig the writing, The writing yeah. for the eighth season definitely is not nearly as good as the ninth season. The ninth season mm-hmm. is spectacular. I know. I mean... I will be planning on catching up on all of this yeah. Doctor Who so we can talk about it on this podcast. I just haven't had the time yet. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got a lot going on. I think, though, we're going to have to story time this into um how we got into doctor who um because there's a lot of different ways but i feel like at least for us we can either start with lauren because i don't know your journey into doctor who or how you found it and then before we go like after lauren it has to be sarah because you domino affect the other two you know what i'm saying like so we'll start with lauren how did you find doctor who um i started watching it one one night I got home from work and I was browsing Netflix. I was living in my apartment in Griffith at the time and I just saw it on there and I was like, you know what? I've heard about the show. <laughs> I was like, I'm really into science fiction. So I just started watching it. I started watching it with Christopher, Christopher Eccleston and then I got into Day the Tenant. And by the time I moved out of my apartment, I feel like David Tennant had just regenerated <laughs> into Matt Smith. Wow, timing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if I ever watched it on BBC America. Mm. Like as it was airing? Yeah. I can't remember if I did that. I want to say that I had to have at some point just because there was no way that I would be able to keep up with everything that was going on unless I was watching it on BBC America as it was coming out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's how I got introduced to Doctor Who via Netflix. And, yeah, I have Amazon Prime now, so I can watch, like, all the episodes. Oh, yeah, I forgot that that was... I think we have Amazon Prime. We just forget that we have Amazon Prime, by the way. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, But uh, another question I had for you, though. You've gotten into the new Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. I know for a time Netflix did have classic Who on there. Mm -hmm. Did you go back and watch any of the classics? Have you seen any of the classic Doctor Who? I've seen bits and pieces of some of the episodes, but for the most part, no, I'm just strictly a new who. That's okay, because that gives us an opportunity to show you stuff in the old catalog that's fantastic. assignments. Man, there are so many great... How many seasons are there before the... 36. 36? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's no it's 26 I but those episodes are only total. like 22 episodes or 22 minutes yeah, long they're each not, they're not as long as the yeah newer ones. and they're like uh it's different it's different it's more like um the, f- the clothes are fabulous See, school, i'm just like, i'm just struggling space or, you know like, i'm just struggling enough with like <laughs> the way that 
the CGI was done like mm-hmm. in the first season of Doctor Who, like the Christopher oh, Eccleston yeah. season. They did, they did the budget. best they could <laughs> with they their shitty effects budget. budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, I liked it. It made it, it campy. Br- yeah. It made it more fun to watch for me, you know, because I like yeah. ch- shitty B-horror movies, you know. It was a bit yeah. of a grassroots effort on their part yeah. to resurrect that show because it was dying off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and the movie in the 90s was really bad. If you've ever seen the movie. Yeah, in like 96. There's, oh, came out the standalone there's a thing. movie. The master turns to liquid. We don't hold, understand hold up, it. Hold up. Let, let me let me drop a little bit of knowledge on you real quick here. Season twenty. The master turns so liquid. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know how else to say it. Like he just melts. Like, <laughs> like he just morphs. He's like a morphing liquid. You just like. Okay. There's there's a bit of setup here. Let me help set this all up because she clearly Lauren doesn't understand why there's even a, a movie. So there oh. needs to be a little bit of a history lesson here. So there are 26 seasons of Doctor Who, classic Who, right? And then 10 seasons of New Who, meaning 36 total. The eighth Doctor was only ever featured in a movie, okay? Which was an American produced movie mm-hmm. after. BBC had kind of said, we're done messing with Doctor Who. We don't have any ideas. So very Americanly done. However, I think I remember reading about this, that that there was a separate Doctor for a movie. Yeah. So a separate actor who played him like he did not was he wasn't in the show ever, was he? uh Well, but they've they've actually canonized Paul Mm -hmm. McGann. And we'll get to that, too, in a second. But with the eighth Doctor, the thing that was interesting is. They sparked it in the like this American idea. Its failure caused Russell T. Davies to be like, I'm going to reach out to BBC and I can actually write good Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And he pitched his first episode and they went, here's, here's as much money as we can give you. <laughs> Take <Try>. our money. <laughs> Let's go for it. You know, and, that's how, and that's how New Who was created. Um, yeah. So the eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, technically was only ever in that movie. But when they went to do the 50th anniversary... They had never. We've never seen the Eighth Doctor regenerate to the Ninth. In the movie, you see Sylvester McCoy, Seventh Doctor, regenerate to Paul McGann. Mm-hmm. So we'd never seen Eccleston's regeneration or anything like that. But Eccleston didn't agree to do the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. So they were like, well, how do we get around this? We'll introduce the concept of a War Doctor who is John not Hurt. numbered. Yep. John Hurt, which was phenomenal. So then that gave them a reason to have Paul McGann come back because then Paul McGann... Is that the train of our existence? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. The call of our people. <laughs> so it's really loud in here. I didn't even notice, but um, so Paul McGann got to come back for the 50th anniversary. They they did a, a night of the Doctor like 10 minute short. Who was the guy that said "Who knows" at the end of the 50th? That's the fourth Doctor, mm-hmm. and that was a classic yeah. fourth Doctor line he used to do. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. And he is teasing that when the doctor is done being the doctor, he'll become the curator, an older version of himself, which yeah. is in fact him. So th- that mm-hmm. was like another version of the doctor, essentially. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah. <sighs> Juicy. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick Maxson, sitting here with... Dave Chips. Dave Chips. Dirty Dave himself. <laughs> I mean, I'm slightly dirty, but not like real dirty. Just a little bit. I did shower. Just a, yeah. for this. 
Just a widow dirty. <laughs> just a widow dirty. Uh, awesome. Oh, Austin. Oh, things I can't read because I'm old. Oh. It's okay. It's quite a. It's quite a bit. Away. I love you too. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we are just going to dive right in. Let's do I'm it. Thirsty. I'm always thirsty. thirsty. <laughs> so the first one we have here is from Milk Creek Brewing Company. Um, they are actually in Pennsylvania. Um, it's from a vacation I went on um, a little bit ago. This one is called Panic at the Simcoe. It's a big can. It is a very big can. I think they call these crowlers. Crowlers? That sound right? Mm, that sound, sounds you've right got to growlers, me. You've got your crowlers. You've got your howlers. I don't know. There's also Mr. Crowley got that. Let's see what we got here. It's a big old can. I believe this is supposed to be a pale ale or an IPA. I guess we will find out here in a second. I'm sure it's going to be delicious. Why don't you tell everyone how you've been? It's been a while since you've been it uh, has drinking brews with a dude. I know. I mean, I I like to drink several brews, but there's not been so many dudes lately. That's kind of fucked up. But uh, not been all right. Just uh, living the dream, trying to get the yesterday's chips going again. Took a brief pause, and now we're, we're coming back to be stale as ever. I like it stale. Everyone does. Except my beer. <laughs> Damn right. Damn, we're... Holy shit. I think that, okay, that's it. These are full. They're full of shit. They look a little flat. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> cheers, Which sir. Cheers to you, and cheers to anyone at home. Cheers, who Facebook. Is, uh, who is drinking, as you should be. Imbibing. It's 6 o'clock, isn't it? On Thursday? Ooh, it smells good. That's pretty tasty. It's not bad at all, yeah. Um, I believe it said that it was um Awesome Co hops in this one. That's the name. Makes sense to me. Panic at the Simcoe. Mm, It's pretty good. I'm digging it. They had a lot of really good beer. Um they had a cherry stout, I believe, that I had. Ooh, I bet that was great. It was phenomenal. You know how much I love cherries and stouts. I love both. A Me lot. Too. A whole lot. Paul. We're live. The finger gun was for Austin. I'm trying to get him to like like make that his thing. Finger guns? Finger gunning. He seems like a finger gun type of guy. He guns well. Yeah. He, he guns well. <laughs> In my experience, he's a hell of a gunner. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. It's got a, too. a, a an ambery kind of color. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm gonna lift it up too. It's just you, you want people to see it. That's the fun part yeah. about being live is that people can. It's actually... weird to have like to see me in this little box up here. I know. I don't like looking at myself. I don't either. I keep saying I want to go Joe Rogan, where we like we're not looking at the camera, we're just looking at each, <laughs> each other, other. <laughs> and then we'll have a, someone who's sitting there actually doing it. Because. <laughs> It's great. It feels weird looking right at myself. Does that mean we have to like smoke a ton of weed and yell for no reason? I'm okay with that. I mean, just get really, really <laughs> excited. I just uh, recorded a bumper for um, the Journey to Comics Network where I'm just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> As, As you should. Yeah, you I was should. <laughs> totally screaming. I, I did a couple serious ones, and then I was like, I think I'm going to yell this one, and it's my favorite one. Nate was like, I, f- I fell over. <laughs> I don't know if it's because he was surprised <laughs> or if it was funny. But a little bit of both. Hopefully we'll hear it at some point. Uh, Brian Bum, long time no see, pal. Where you been? Hello, uh, pal. Carl Vaughn. 
Carl is also doing the um, random band challenge. Oh, really? Ooh. Uh, we talked about announcing the winners here on the episode today. I don't know if we're gonna. Um, I think we should, but really, it's up to the world. Yeah, I don't know. If enough people said we we could get going on it, um, but the names have been picked. We didn't have anybody enter for like four or five days, so I said, "Fuck it." We've got um, a total of four bands, um, five members in most, six in a couple, <laughs> um, all bass players. There's only four bands, so half the <laughs> bands have five, half the bands have six, and they are killer. Really, they are all really good bands. They're gonna be funny. Nice. There's some fun guys in the group, so I'm excited to see how that works out. I am also in the random band, so I'm excited to see uh, who has to deal with me in a band. It's a bunch of, uh, I'm going to say this this uh, word or phrase, because I know it pisses people off when I'm referring to local bands, but it's like four Lafayette like, super groups. Like, it's like, really? Because like, there's so many dudes from so many different bands, like a couple of the Loose Fist guys, a couple of the Mound Builder guys. Um, some guys that haven't played in bands but used to play in bands. Nice. So that sounds awesome. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what we come up with. Um, well, if anyone's in my band, prepare for disappointment. Like well, my real band. Your whole so. your whole band is gonna be a wonderful disappointment. <laughs> yes, I'm that's excited. the name of our band. A wonderful disappointment. Okay, well, what was the one we just came up with <laughs> a minute ago in the other room? Um, Mystery pocket. <laughs> Mystery pocket. Yeah. Yeah. What's in your pocket? It's a mystery. We used to play a game in, I think it was like middle school-ish, where you would randomly just say, who's got the weirdest thing in their pocket? <laughs> and some days you were prepared. <laughs> and you just happened to be like, ah, I brought something weird. <laughs> I brought something weird for my pocket. <laughs> it's a nice game. We should play that and we start playing that again. <laughs> we should. We should. Okay, just- we're playing right now. Who's got the weirdest thing in their pocket? I don't actually. Oh. I don't have anything in my pocket. I got some IDs. God, just one damn ID. It. I have a dollar. No, not that weird. I have a knife. Is that weird? No, not particularly. <laughs> now we're gonna be looking for weird things to keep <laughs> in our pockets. Every time I see you, Nick, what's in your pocket? <laughs> what would be? Then we can. Then we can upgrade. Like. Round two is like the one thing, the thing that will confuse the cop the most when they pull it out of your pocket. <laughs> we got some fun ideas. I like this, man. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get to work on this. I've been working on this, man. I don't know about you. It's delicious, and I'm quite thirsty. I think this is thirty-two ounces, if I'm not mistaken. It's a big boy. It is a big boy. So we're coming in, coming in heavy. Coming in hot. Uh, who's on? Uh, who's on your cup over there? On oh, my cup right here. The cup you're drinking your beer out of. Just this little band called Zephaniah. Bum, bum, bum. You might be able to see them. When will you see them, Nick? Uh, there's a good chance you'll see them uh, this Saturday. This Saturday, August 18th. August 18th at the North End Pub. North End Pub. What? Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I can't I, keep up with it. I, I much longer. just wanted to help. Um, <laughs> that was good. We got we to gotta work on that. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Zephaniah, first of all, the name is cool as fuck. Well, fuck yeah. It's a really cool name. They're a fantastic band. They are. They're incredible. They got great stage presence. Amazing stage presence. Logan's vocals are powerful. Oh, man. 
they when they played was it field day last year? Mm-hmm. I was blown away out here. I mean, I was kind of drunk, but <laughs> I was really blown away. They played under the tree during the LARPing event. Yeah. They played like three Mad Max inspired songs. Yep. I was all about it. Yep. That was excellent. Austin says he has a broken condom in his pocket. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> you, you win. You win this round, but you have to show us a picture to <laughs> prove it. Show us your pockets. Empty them out. So, Austin, you're drinking a, what you say, platinum nugget? Good. Good for you. Is anybody else drinking anything? It should be. Hmm. So, yeah, this weekend, I'm getting excited. Actually, if you're listening to this podcast version, it's tonight. Ooh. we air on Saturdays. That's right, yeah. So, come tonight. Yeah, come tonight. Or you guys come Saturday. Yeah. We're starting to cross the lines here. And <laughs> it's going to start getting Open confusing. up a portal. It's going to be weird. I'm very excited for portals. <laughs> um, Bizarre Noir is coming back. I would love those dudes. I love those guys quite a bit. Um, Walk Among Us. Oh, Ooh. the Podfather himself Ooh. is going to be in town. Ooh, That's going to be awesome. I love those guys as well. Uh, we're going to have the new sound system down at the North End Pub all hooked up. Nice. We're hanging speakers and everything. Oh, shit. It's getting legit. going to sound crisp and clean. It is. We're going to have our subs for the first time. Ooh. It's going to just sound sexy. So everyone should come. You should come. And then get there and come again. More coming. Just all coming all coming. night. Ooh. Then we'll play Who's Got the Weirdest Thing in Their Pocket. <laughs> Spoilers, Jizz. That's disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> uh, see, this is why <laughs> this is why we should split beers. <laughs> I know we split this one, but we were talking about just drinking a couple, couple tall boys, and we can do it. it. We're adults, <laughs> sorta. You're, you're goddamn right. <laughs> we're kind of adults. <sighs> we just announced a new show. A new show. Uh, it's the first uh, hard and heavy event. Of the Ooh. year. Lucifer is rele- releasing a CD. I saw that. That's fantastic. Alive. Undead. Alive. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it maybe. makes sense to them. Yeah. I mean, but, um, that's all that matters. So they're going to be... It's a, it's a live disc. All the songs are recorded live. Ooh. Um, that sounds awesome. Air Raid from Chicago is playing. They have not played here in years. Um... It was a cold February day, I believe, with testimony in the basement. I might have been there. May yeah, have been I, there. That was really that was a really fun show. I really like those guys. Um and Legion. Legion. I think I've seen those dudes. They're awesome. Sure. Yeah. They're so awesome. They'll beat you down. Who do we have here? Oh, Creed. What's up, Creed? Creed's, what up, Creed? Creed's waving at us. Um Who else? Oh, Terminal. 11, I believe that's their name. Terminal 11? Yeah, Ben Rose. He used to play in a bunch of bands around Oh, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of his bands. He says oh, it's sweet. like a progressive metal band, so, I mean, I'm about it. Man. I'm pretty excited. I'm just I'm, I'm just about live shows, really. Yeah. Anything. I'll watch anything. I, so really, I like music, yeah. I'm about that. Not anything. I'm going to watch, like, well, weird stuff. Uh, see, I've watched some weird stuff. Who's that? Too. 
Ms. Kristen Taylor. Hello oh, there. Oh, what up, Kristen? Hello there. Mm. This is a tasty, tasty brew. It is. It's going down. With here. a tasty dude. Uh, Wait. Let's do that. <laughs> Ooh, got weird. If you're listening to this podfather, edit there. <laughs> edit Cut there. it there. And then, right here. <laughs> Goodness, 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 goodness. So, what what have you been doing? You said you're getting getting the chips back we're, on the train. We're getting the chips back together to be less stale. I won't okay. work for stale as fuck. And uh, are you at liberty to discuss some of the who might be the new member? Um, is this not the time? I, you know, I guess we can. There's nothing. There nothing's go. big yet. You hear it here first. I like doing stuff like that where it's like I'm not gonna announce it anywhere. Except yeah. right here. Right here on Facebook and... And bruise with dudes. Bruise with dudes and hand gestures. Boom. Pow. Biff. Awesome. So, That's yes. That's the fun part about being able to see yourself. Yeah, you can do all these cool things. Depth. And, like, really fuck with the people on Facebook. I'm sure the people um, <laughs> listening <laughs> to the podcast are like, what the what fuck the is fuck? going on? Not much. I will tell you that much. Nope. Not much. Just like my life. All Nothing right, much. It's time for Bruise with Dudes News Ooh. with Dave Chips. <clears throat> Sitting with me on the couch today, Mr. Dave Chips. Dirty well, hello. Dave. Hello, Nick. It's good to have you again. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers, sir. Cheers. So there's been an update in the yesterday's chips camp. What's going on in that bag of stale chips? Well, Nick, let me tell you, to be the first one to tell you, uh, we are uh, the chips are currently losing their uh, drummer, Mr. Kyle. Mr. Kyle Chips Elliot. Sad to say, sad to say, but he's going on to bigger, better things. He's going to school. So you're saying he hasn't passed away? He's not. No, he's not dead. Oh not my dead. goodness, goodness. As far as I know, sorry he's to not confuse dead. you, viewers. He's not sorry. dead. He's not dead. But uh, replacing him, I wouldn't say replacing. Yeah, replacing that works. Is a Mr. Uh, a Chris Pilot. Chris Pilot. Yeah. Pills a lot, as I like to call him. Pills or a lot. Pills. Chips. Pills a lot chips. I like that name a lot. I was trying to go Chris P. Chips, but no one else was about it but me. Whoa. And you. <laughs> Who was not about that? Tyler. Holy shit. <laughs> I know, Chris right? Chris P. Chips. It, perfect, right? Oh, perfect. my. Dave, that is genius. Sometimes I'm genius. God, that is good. <laughs> that just made my day. Yes. Crispy chips. That is so good. 